Good morning. Hope you're all doing well. We're starting at the last line of Lama Testament Beis, and we're going to be learning today a number of agaratas about Bikur Cholim, about the mitzvah Bikur Cholim, its uh, strengths and its uh, and its impact in regards to whether or not a person can die or live because of Bikur Cholim. Some very powerful ideas in today's Gemara. Last line, the Gemara says, Rav Chalbo Cholash. Chalbo was not feeling well. Nafak, so uh, Nafak Ichriz of Kahana. Rav Kahana went out and he made an announcement. The announcement on the top of Mema Medalif says, Rabbi Chalbo Baish. Rabbi Chalbo was sick. Rashi says, the Mefarish says on the top that Baish means Chalbo. Uh, and it means that he was ill. And Loika Takaasi, even though the announcement went out, they put it in the announcements, but nobody nobody showed up to do Bikor Cholim. So Amar Lehu. So then Rav, um, Rav Kahana says to everyone, don't you guys know? Don't you know the story with Rabbi Akiva's student, Shechala? He got sick. Nobody came to come visit him. And Rabbi Akiva's like, guys, what's going on here? I'm doing Bikr Cholim. You should be doing Bikr Cholim as well. And because when Rabbi Akiva went there, he, he cleaned the house. We've learned about this before, where you take water or wine and you sprinkle it in the house. They had dirt floors. It would keep the dust a little bit lower. Therefore, the patient who was sick actually lived. P.S. How do we define Bikr Cholim here? What did Rabbi Akiva do? Physical things around the house. He helped to sweep and he helped to, to, mat the, to mat the dirt. That's what the Gemara seems to imply is part of the definition, at least part of the definition of Bikr Cholim. And Omar Leib, the person who was sick, said to Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi, you kept me alive. And Rabbi Akiva gave the following drasha. Anyone who doesn't do the mitzvah Bikr Cholim when a person is sick, it's as if they're part of the death of the patient. When Rav Dimi showed up, If you're going to do Bikr Cholim, it's as if you're going to keep them alive. And if you don't do Bikr Cholim, then you're part of the reason why the person dies. So my garma, what is it that you're causing? So says the Gemara. If you want to see, say that it's really about tefillah, that when we're going to visit a person and we're going to daven that he lives, and the opposite is also true, that that's not possible. You're going to daven that somebody dies? That's impossible. Says the Gemara, that can't be pshat. So again, back to our question, what is pshat in regards to this gram that's causing a person to either die or live? The Gemara says a third of the way down, that if a person is going to not do Bikr Cholem, the person's not in their mind, you're not going to daven for that person. And then your lack of tefillah could be part of that which causes the person to die. And the Gemara here, where is this? Uh, the top of Mefarish on the page has a very shocking comment. We actually saw this once before in Shas. Not, not Mefarish, excuse me. The top Ran on the page, outer margin. The Ran says, There are times Wow. That there are times, says the Gemara, that it's considered appropriate, I guess, I don't know what the, right, what the right words are here, is to daven that a person should not live. And says the Gemara, If a person's in a tremendous amount of pain and there's no chance that they're going to live, and the Gemara gives an example of this, and then five lines down, six lines down into the Ron, first, second of the short lines, he says, uh, that the upper one should win over the lower ones. So this Ron is... What? This is like euthanasia. This is like really, I mean, you can't actually push a drug, but this Gemara is saying that you could on the religious side, 
ask for a person to die. Again, the two metrics that he gives is pain and terminal illness. Under those circumstances, a person is allowed to seemingly, not allowed to, it seems appropriate to, to adopt him for such a thing. Don't do anything like that without speaking to a competent posek, which I am not. I'm not a posek at all. Ask the rabbis, but that's what the Ron seems to say. Anyways, back in our Gemara, and this is a Musr for us, simply by not doing anything, that alone could be a detriment to a chola. So that's why you'll see people who have, Mr. Sher has this a list of cholim that he davens from regularly. People have this in their sidurim, in their books, in their pockets. It's a beautiful thing, but it's not just beautiful. It may well be our mitzvah of Bikur Cholim, things along those lines. The halachic parameters, I don't know, but certainly a very strong idea. Rava, Yom Madachalish, Rava, on the first day that he was sick, should we make a Tehillim group for him? Should we not make a Tehillim group for him? The Gemara says, Amar Lohan, he said to them, please don't tell anyone that I'm sick yet. It's only day one. They can go both ways. Maybe I'll get healthier quickly. Maybe I'll, de I'll, I'll degrade quickly. We don't know. And he says, De lo lisra mazle. I don't want to ruin my mazel. This is kind of the idea of like, in post-con and we don't want to like talk about it. It's like, hey, I have a cold. It doesn't mean I have anything serious. Just leave it be for now. Fine. However, once the disease progressed for another, seemingly the next day, that's what it seems like, then you can, now you can go out and you can announce to everyone that I'm sick. Anyone who's going to hate me, he's going to be happy that I'm sick. And that's a schus for me. Why? Because the Pasuk says, and the rest of the Pasuk reads, and if you're going to laugh at me when I'm sick, Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to remove his schema from me and make me better. So Rava, that was this was part of Rava Svara. For the people who don't like me, they're going to be happy. That's good for me. The people who love me, those people are going to daven for me. I've got a win-win. So this was his uh, bifurcation. In the very early stages, when we don't have, and again, in our parlance, when we don't have a diagnosis yet, it can go either way, not room for public discussion. Uh, leave it alone. In fact, you probably shouldn't because it's Rea Masle. We're afraid it's going to ruin your mazel. Mashain Kane, if a person already knows that they have a diagnosis, again, still adding our language here. I don't know what this would be in halachic terms, but something along those lines. So then... It's appropriate to uh, to share that information. Halfway down, the person himself, the mavakir, the person who does bikur cholim, they are saved from the din of Gehenim. Happy is the person who's maskil el dal, who thinks about seichel, who thinks about the poor person. Dal, in this case, we'll soon see is a chola. That person, is going to save that person doing bikur cholim, saves a person from the din of Gehenim. So that's just how we understand that the word dal means that way. How do we know that ra is gehenim? We actually don't need a pasuk for that because we know conceptually what it is, but there is a text proof. The Gemara says three lines before the wide lines. Fine. The Gemara says, if in fact you do do Bikr Cholim, what's your reward? Says the Gemara, you just told me what the reward was. What do you mean, Maschara? Says the Gemara, yeah, that's in the next world. Really, the question is, what's the schar in this world for, for Bikr Cholim? So says the Gemara, Hashem Yishmerehu, He'll protect you, will keep you alive. He'll make you happy in the land and he will not put you into the hands of your enemies. Hashem Yishmerehu. What does that part of the Pasuk mean? So this is a, for a person who's struggling with their Yetzir Hara. We have a lot of suggestions in Chazal. One of them is to do Bikr Cholim. 
Who knew? That, but it's the direct, that's what the Pasuk says. A person by Hashem Yishmerehu, if a person does Bikr Cholim, it minimizes, removes, again, words are hard to put here. It, it helps protect a person from the Yitzhar. Bichayehu, what does that mean? Mean Hayisurim. If a person's struggling with Yisurim or suffering from Yisurim, they should do Bikr Cholim. Osher Baratz, what does that mean? Shayehu hakom miskabdim bo. Strange language. They're miskabdim bo. People become honored through him. That's how the literal <laughs> translation works. And Valti Nibbana Peshoiva, what does that mean? She is Damnu lo reim kenamon. There will be people who have friends like Naaman. Sheripo Esarasa story with Elisha. He told him to go into the water and dip seven times. He thought it was below his cupboard. But Naaman went to his friends and said, should I listen to Elisha? They said, yes, you should. And in fact, he was healed. Good to have good friends. What's the last part of the Pasuk? By Yizam Lorraine, what does it mean? You shouldn't have bad friends. Kirachavam. Shechilku es Malchuso. By Rechavam, he listened to his friends and it ruined the government. What was this talking about? Tanya, the Brysa writes. Just a little bit of background is that when Rechavam took over, the son of uh, Shlomo, when Rechavam took over, he did, was deciding if he should increase taxes or decrease taxes. So the, this is the context of the Gemara over here. Reb Shimon ben Elazar Omer, im if the younger generation says you should build, but the older generation says you should destroy, and here is the godless of this Gemara. Listen to this line. When children build, it's actually destructive. Ustiras zikenim binyan. This is, of course, talking about high levels of wisdom, of having a deep understanding of whether or not you're right or wrong. So when people are young, and, and you know, I think, I don't know which category we're in, because we're like, half of us are middle-aged, I don't know. For people who are young, we we think we know, under we understand the scope of things, but often we don't. And when we make a decision of, yeah, yeah, let's build this building, you're actually harming a community. And the the wise people say, tear down that building, they know more. So that's why the Gemara has this, this really... Perfect line. Binyan yeladim sasira ustira zikenin binyan. The similar dava rechavam ben shlomo because rechavam decided to listen to the young people who said, "Yeah, yeah, increase taxes; it'll be good for you." That led to a revolt. That led to a split. Amar of shisha bereder of eighty three fourths of the way down. Lo lisod inish ktsira. A person should not uh, have a meal with a, a sick person. Lo betlas shay kadmeisa, meaning you shouldn't really visit during these first three hours of the day. Lo betlas shay basraisa diyoma. A person should not do bikur chol during the first three hours of the day and during the last three hours. Why? Kihechi delo lisach daite min rachame. Because we don't want a person who experiences those first three hours and last three hours to mistake the status of the person who's ill um, and not daven for him. What is the Gemara talking about? So the Gemara explains, during the first three hours of the day, you just had a good night's sleep. You just got all your medications. The person doesn't look as sick as he normally is. He's okay. He's okay today. Or at least he looks okay. Says the Gemara, and at the end of the day, when you're trash tired, it's been a long day, they did physical therapy, you're wiped out. So then the Gemara says, you look terminal, you look like a disaster. So in the morning, when you look great, people aren't going to daven for you. And in the night, when you look terrible, no one's going to daven because they think you're going to die. So therefore, those are not the good hours to, uh, to visit. How do we know that Kosh sustains a That a is so aid, which normally means to feed, but here it just means to support Al on a deathbed. How do we know that the Shekhinah dwells above the Mita of Achola? Says the Gemara Shemar Shemi Sadin Al. And Tanya Namahachi, the Bryce, agrees with this because the Nichnas of Akra Sacholem, and this is a tough Mishnah to understand in light of what we learned in our Mishnah a couple of blot ago. If a person visits a Cholem, he should not sit on the same bed as the Cholem, and not on a bench, and not on a chair. 
Ella, Misatev, he should wrap himself, seeming, seemingly some type of head wrap. The Yoshev al Gabe Karka, why should he sit on the ground? Because the Shechina is above the bed. This is the Brysa. This Gemara poses a problem because we learned already that a person should not sit at all when he is going to do. Remember, we learned this by the Isra Hana, by the beginning of the Perak, by the beginning of the Mishnah. A person is doing Bikr Cholim for someone who's Mudar Hana. He should stand up and he should not sit. But here the Gemara says you should sit on the floor. So which one is it? So the Ran here, without asking this question, hints to it. A third of the way down, Deeper Maskil. Lo yeshev al gabe mita v'lo gabe safsal. Ikamanda amr dedavka k'shehachole shochev al gabe karka. Here we must be talking about a case where a person is lying on the floor and they're sick. We don't want it to be the case where the mevakir, the visitor, is at a higher plane, a higher height than the cholah. That's why here he has to sit on the floor. Otherwise, it wouldn't make sense with our previous Gemara. Again, the Ron wasn't specifically asking that question. He didn't say that, but maybe he was hinting to that challenge. I don't know. Three lines from the bottom. Another comment of the same person. When there's a lot of rain in the West, in Eretz Yisrael, there's a lot of testimony to that rain in Pras, in Bavel. Why? Because Bavel was a lower plain and the waters would run down the mountains. Again, it's a long trip, but the waters would run down the mountain and the the, the rivers in Bavel would raise when the water would come from Eretz Yisrael. So when they had a lot of rain, they knew that in the west by the mountain, this place of Eretz Yisrael, they knew that there was a lot of rain. Upliga de Shmuel. This idea that uh, the Ma'arava, that the rain from the Ma'arava would, would, would create a swell for Bavel is not necessarily what Shmuel thought. The Nara, a river, doesn't necessarily get higher because of water per se, but rather from, I think they call it the water table, from what's under the ground, like the, the springs under the, the rivers, those things become a little bit more full. There's a Gemara elsewhere that says for whatever one unit of water that enters a river, two units of water come up from the water table, from underneath, from springs. So therefore, what we see from Shmuel is that he doesn't agree with this idea that it's just a rye of the rain. Maybe it's not because of the rain. Maybe it's because of the water table. Maybe it's because there's more water coming in from the springs. But then Shmuel actually contradicted himself. What did Shmuel say that conflicted with this? Just so that you understand how complicated this is, I want you to turn the page and look how much Ron there is, just so that you can see that this is not a simple sugya. We are not going into the sugya. It's a big sugya in Hilchos Mikvaos, um, and we'll go through on, on a relatively surface level. A person, typically speaking, can't go to a mikvah where the waters aren't still. You can't be metahar with waters that are zochel. Ela pras bimei tishrei bilvad, except for the waters in Bavel, during the months of Tishrei alone. What does that mean? So during the months of Tishrei, in that space, so it's September, October, very dry. That's not the rain season. The rainy season is more the winter. So there's not a lot of water there. And there the waters are considered to be uh, are considered to be appropriate for, for a mikvah. So that's a little bit strange because we thought that the pras, the waters in the pras only grew when there was rainwater. Here it implies that the springs would even fill up the water levels even during the times when there's no rain. So Shmuel has a stero within himself. Do we say that the water volumes increase, the rain creates the water table to rise? Or no, do we say that the water tables rise even without the rain? So that's a steer within Shmuel. As you can see, there's a lot to work through over here in regards to that first round, which is very large. And if you see about a, almost halfway down, he says, 
Uh, you can see there that he has a long arichus as well. And all of the next uh, manda amrin, all the next manda amrin of the run are all in the same sugya. So this is a very, very big sugya. We're not going to dig into it now, of course. We don't have time and I don't really know it. So that would be a second reason. Maybe that's the first reason, but we'd have to spend a lot of time learning it. But it's a it's a bit of a machlokas in how Shmuel understands that water flows in Babel. Do we say that it's rain triggered or do we say that it's from the water table? And the Gemara says, and we've seen this Gemara elsewhere. The Gemara says, Avua de Shmuel. The father of Shmuel, Avad Lahon, he made for the women in his family mikvahs lebenase. He made mikvahs for the girls biyome Nisan in the times of Nisan umafse biyome Tishrei. So he made them mikvahs in the times of Nisan, and umafse he made them mats in the days of Tishrei. What he was concerned about with the mats, machlokas in the Rishonim, what he was concerned about is something either for them to slip on because the, the the mud could be very slippery, or he was concerned about a halachic issue of going to the mikvah, which is. Chatzitza. We know that when a, when a woman has to go to the mikvah, she has to check her body very carefully to make sure that there's no chatzitza. And he was afraid that if she were to step in the mud, the mud would adhere to her legs in a way where it would be a chatzitza. So then even when she'd go into the actual depths of the water where she's completely submerged in the water, but maybe she's not going to be uh, kosher because there's a, because it's a problem. So this Shaila has come up many times. Someone in the community, a woman was going to go to the mikvah. She said, I just got my nails done for Yontif, the permanent gel, no chip, $50 uh, gig for the for the nails. It's like, what is it? Like a half of an ounce of liquid for $50. Okay, it's expensive. She said, but I'm going to the mikvah tonight. So I said, why would you put on, you know this, why would you put on nail polish the day before you know you're going to the mikvah? You're in Shevanakim. Everybody knows you're going to, well, not everybody knows, but you know you're going to the mikvah. I said, why would she? And she said the following story. She said, I can't imagine being in Yontif without nail polish. Can't imagine. So I called her Ray Robin and said, I'm like, this is, uh, I don't understand. Is it really a quote Yontif to have nail polish when it's against the Minogs? Ladina, technically, if a woman goes to the mikvah with nail polish on, technically, the mikvah counts. It's not called a chatzitza. Why not? Because when a woman goes to the mikvah, when anyone goes to a mikvah, chatzitza is only defined as rubo umakbit, 51% of your body, and you have to care about it. That's all. That's that's basic, basic, basic. Here, it's miut ve'en umakbit. It's the exact opposite. It's a minority. It's just a, it's a tiny part of your body. And ain't no makbid. She doesn't, she wants them there. She's not makbid that they shouldn't be there. She's makbid they should be there. So ladina, the mikvah works. But Rabbi Robinson was not a big fan. He said... Uh, you give this to her as the last out. You're not giving her this kula again. So I was I was just stern about it. I said, and I was very strong. I said, I think you know, and I know that this is not the way to do things. It's not ideal. This is the last time you're getting this kula and do not put on nail polishing. You won't get the kula again. It, it's mutter, but like you're toying, you're like playing around. And Ray Robinson told me that there's like other places where women put on these um, eyelashes that are literally glued to your eyelids, which is a chatzitza, but it's miyud ve'eno makbid. This is like a subculture that exists in Klal Yisrael, and it's, it's not the right way to do things. Is it mutter? Maybe it's mutter, but bashkafa, it's not the right way to do things. It's not the right way to do things. Okay, so that's the dinim in chatzitza. Last little sugya for the day. We're going to go about eight lines down on Mem Aleph, Amad Aleph, and then we'll be all done. Amar Avami, Amar Rab. What does it mean that you, ben Adam, these, you humans, should make for yourselves klegola, utensils for the galus? So this is a pasuk in Yechezkel. And a, apparently the trend was by Yechezkel that a lot of the nevuos that he was given were like actions that were like mishalim, that we should kind of learn from the mishalim. It says the Gemara, It should be a candle, it should be a bowl, and it should be a mat. So... 
Uh, Rashi says, the Rashi Mepharish says, or le'echol alav. It's going to be a mat that you'd eat off of. I guess a placemat, a bowl, a plate of some kind, a portable travel mat of some kind. And it was a little bit of a remez that you're going to be going into Galus. So that was what he was told to make. And then people would look at what Yechezkel was doing and be like, uh-oh, Galus is on its way. And let's uh, learn another pasuk, Bechoser Kol. This pasuk, let's just find the source here, is found in Sefer Dvarim. The Gemara says, What does Bechoser Kol mean? So the Gemara says, Top line, Without a ner and without a shulchan. That's what choser kol means, that you're going to have nothing. Rav Chizda Amar below Isha, we're talking about someone who lost his wife. Or Rav Shesha Amar below Shamish, someone who doesn't, there's no one to service him, no um, no, no slaves, no servants. Rav Nachman Amar below Dea, a person who doesn't have any Dea, those are the people, that's what Bechoser kol means. Tana, we have a brisa that says below Melech, below Revav, without any salt and without any fats. Food that has no salt and has no fats added to it is not so gishma. Like literally the way that you grill a steak is you find a steak that's marbled and you add kosher salt and you stick it on the grill. Those are the two things that make steak taste good. If you don't have a fatty, relatively uh, some fat in the meat and no salt, it's going to be pretty bland. Next, Amar Abai, Naktinan. We have a tradition. Ein ani elabadeya. What does it mean to be poor? To have no knowledge. And when we were younger, there was a song that was made out of this Gemara. Bima'arava Amre. If you have this, then you have everything. If you have das, if you have knowledge, then you have everything. But if you don't have this in you, if you don't have knowledge, what do you have in you? You're empty. If you don't have das, if you're if you if you are choser kol, if you have no das, that is it's the worst accolade. You gotta have you have to have something. If you haven't acquired excuse me, if you have acquired wisdom, what are you lacking? You have wisdom, you're all good to go. The low kani, but if you didn't acquire any wisdom, ma kani, what have you acquired? So this is the famous song that uh, the language in the song. It's not actually the text of the Gemara. It's amre, but okay. So, but the Gemara says that we should uh, hopefully try not to be closer call and have a little bit of dust. We'll stop right here. Tomorrow's shear is not in person. I'm going to record and post. Wishing you all a beautiful day, a couple of days, and see you back on Tuesday.